When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello, and welcome back to our latest installment of Eye for an Eye. We are your hosts, Julia, Lisa, and Matt, and we are here to determine whether the punishment, or lack thereof, fits the crime. Due to the graphic nature of some of the topics we will be touching on, listener discretion is advised. Okay, we're back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. What up, what up, y'all? If you're here, welcome. Welcome back. If you had listened to part one, this is now part two. Part two. Fully ado, part two. If you haven't already, we suggest going back to listen to part one to get a rundown of what we're talking about. You really Uh, should. You're gonna miss it. You're not gonna understand anything. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, but let's just get right into it, Jules. Tell us what's going on. Well, I, like Lisa said, definitely check out part one. I am going to do a quick background about Folly and Do before we jump into two unbelievable cases. But definitely check out part one because we talk about some smaller, less well-known cases of Folly and Do, which is a mental disorder affecting two or more individuals, usually members of a close family. But last week we talked about many cases that were friends or husband's wife, you know, a whole family. And so the folly can is often referred to as well as delusional disorder by proxy, shared psychosis, or shared delusional disorder. And it is exactly those things. It's two or more individuals sharing a delusion, falling into like a psychosis, and it's wild. It's obviously hard to determine a cause if there really is one. What we noticed last week is definitely isolation is a big factor. People are in close proximity to each other they start to have the same thoughts and delusions and it just spirals out of control which is what we are going to talk about first we're going to talk about the Pappen sisters and this is an old case and a crazy case this it's crazy. is one of the ones that introduced me to this whole concept right and boy is it mind-blowing this was the first case i had heard about folly do and then like we i think said this in the last episode you just kind of spiral Christine and Leah Pappen were French sisters, and I don't know if I pronounced that. They will have to forgive me, the Pappen sisters. They were not only sisters, but they worked together as live-in mates. Again, isolation, right? They're they're sisters. They're working together. They're spending a lot of time together um, because they're live-in mates, so they live with the family. So Christine is the older sister, and she is born six years before Leah. Leah? Lee? What should I go with, Lisa? One more time. Where are they from? France, right? Or something? Yeah. I would say Leia. Right? Yeah. Leia. Is Leia a French? There's no, there was no accent. Leia. I don't think you need an accent to be Leia. Hold on. Let me, we're going to find I this think out. It's Leia, too. Like Leia Sedu is the girl who's, um, what's her name? In the Bond movies. Leia. You, you say that as if I've watched a Bond movie. Um, all right. So we're going to jump in and talk about the Pappen sisters because this case is crazy. Christine and Leah Pappen were French sisters and they worked together as live-in mates. So as we talked about earlier on in this episode and last week's isolation, right? The girls are spending a ton of time together. Christine is the older sister. She was born six years before Leah. In 1926, the sisters were working for the Lancelin family. Um, and so kind of the, the family that lived there um, was Renee, the father, Leonie, the mother, and their daughter, Genevieve. 
So the sister had been work sisters had been working for the family for years when Leonie developed depression. She began to scrutinize the cleaning that the girls did. On various occasions, she physically assaulted the girls. The abuse escalated, and at its worst, she would slam the girls' heads against the wall. So they were not only living in isolation and not really, I'm sure, having like a ton of freedom, but um, they were being abused as well. On February 2nd, 1933, Mr. Lancel was planning to meet his wife and daughter for dinner, but his family would never show. During the day on the 2nd of February, Leonie and Genevieve went shopping. When they returned home, they found that all the lights in the house were out. The girls, Christine and Leah, um, explained that there had been a power outage, which <laughs> was caused by Christine urinating into an electrical socket. So I laughed because not the urination is not funny. It's like insane. But um, I was laughing because as I read the first half of the sentence, because I wrote this case a, a couple months ago, the power outage, I thought in my mind, was like a natural power outage, but it wasn't. It was caused by Christine urinating into an electrical socket. So the power went out in the whole house. Understandably upset, in my personal opinion, Lady flew into a fit of rage and attacked the girls. Maybe not attacked, but definitely um, understand where her frustration is from. Um, like I said, it's not as if there was a natural cause for the power outage. Um, so Leonie atta started attacking the girls. Christine lunged at Genevieve and started to gouge her eyes out. Leah joined in and attacked Leonie, gouging her eyes out as ordered by Christine. Christine ran to the kitchen where she retrieved a knife and a hammer. With these new weapons, the girls continued their attack. During the brawl, one of the sisters grabbed a heavy pitcher and used it to strike the women, both of them, over the head. At some point during the altercation, Christine and Leia used the knife to repeatedly cut the bottom and thighs of both the victims. Experts predicted that the attack lasted about two hours, um, which is just beyond. Like I said, were the girls living in not great circumstances absolutely if they were being abused by their employer who they also you know lived with that's a terrible situation to be in but it seems that here lines were definitely crossed um so later on in the evening renee turned home to find his house dark again um he was looking for his you know daughter and wife who did not show up to dinner so he was spooked and had his son-in-law um you know who lived nearby with the older daughter come back to the house with him he didn't want to go in the empty house or excuse me he didn't want to go in the dark house alone um the two men found the house bolted shut and completely dark except a light coming from the sister's room they called the police for backup when they finally got inside renee found the body of his wife and daughter bludgeoned and stabbed they the bodies were like hardly recognizable leonie's eye was found in the folds of the scarf around her neck just horrifying i think having your eyes i think having your eyes gouged out has got to be one of the most terrible things because you don't necessarily die do you no not necessarily i mean if you didn't get medical attention pretty quickly you might bleed or might cut out like a pretty important um vein or artery but but yet no you you wouldn't like that wouldn't be like the way you died necessarily depending on unless they like stabbed through your eye and like got to your brain somehow horrifying um one of genevieve's eyes was found under her body and another one was found on the stairs nearby so eyeballs just like all over the place um so freaking gruesome crazy and like i said the girls didn't you know they were being abused which is terrible um but the attack and like I said mentioned earlier, the last they predict about two hours, which is a lot of attacking. Um, so at the time, um, the men, which include included Renee, his son-in-law, and the police, assumed that the sisters had also been victims of this attack. Right? They come into the house, the wife and sister are there, and they assume the girls were also attacked, or that they were taken, you know, by whoever came into, you know attack and you know they they obviously don't know what's going on yet when they got to the girls rooms to check on them and figure out you know if they were all right they found that the door was locked when final when they finally opened the door and got inside 
they found the sisters naked in bed together. A bloody hammer with hair still clinging to it was on a nearby chair. Matt's reaction, I'm sorry, just killed me. Yeah. Um, when I first heard of this case, the visual in my brain that I got from that, like that whole scene you just described, Jules, scared the shit out of me. Like a dark house. You find these two gruesomely mutilated dead bodies and you can't find the sisters and they're behind a locked door naked in bed with each other just chilling probably covered in blood so it's not like they were locked in to keep the you know attacker out and they were like huddled in the corner scared they're like literally lying in bed naked why no one knows um and the blood and camera with the hair still clinging to it can you imagine being the person to find those two just like well, because no, and I'll tell you why. Because if I come, if I enter a home and find more than one, probably even just one dead person, I'm getting out, and that's it. Like you can go, you police, you go in and see, you know, if the girls are okay. I'm sure about them. We're like they're in here, but you don't want to see. Right. That's why I, you know, I don't know. That's something I never I understand about horror movies. Like, why do people seek out? danger and the un like i already told you i have issues with the unknown um i would absolutely not be venturing further into that house to find the girls i've always Sorry. wondered about in horror movies why they find people who seem to all think it's good to go down in the basement or around the dark corner when it's like i think like my morbid curiosity would be there but i think if i had walked into a crime scene my ass is out of the house calling 911 first. Because you don't know where the people are. You don't know who did it. You don't know if they're going to jump out of a closet and hack your eyeballs out of your head. Like, you have no idea. So, like, yeah. maybe it was because of the time period this happened in. But I feel like with all the true crime cases out there and all the interest in true crime, I feel like this day and age, that is not... We're not. I mean, people still are stupid and go exploring some places they shouldn't. But, like, we know better, y'all. We're, we're leaving and calling 911. Or Hosting down the authorities and our generation yeah. is actually going to start filming first and then realize <laughs> the it's car, yeah. actually you're right that's that would probably be the deciding factor of going to search they'd make a tiktok first like wait let me see if i can find a dead body on my tiktok <laughs> a like for part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. um i'm sorry i'm just i'm i'm getting out of dodge as fast as possible i'm a scared bitch and i will leave so when, you know, confronted, the girls confessed to the murders immediately. They claimed it had been committed in self-defense, which in their justification, if Leonie did attack them because she urinated and caused the power outage, then, you know, she started it, quote unquote. But obviously, um, as I mentioned, things got really out of hand. Uh, during the trial, the sisters protected each other and each confessed to sole responsibility for the crimes. So they were trying to keep the other one safe uh, by both claiming that they were the only ones involved. They were placed in prison and separated from each other. Christine became extremely upset because she could not see Leia. At one point, prison officials allowed the sisters to have contact with each other. Christine reportedly threw herself at Leia, unbuttoning her blouse, begging her, please say yes, suggesting some sort of incestual sexual relationship. Again, we're seeing that. We talked about um, that in a couple of the many cases we covered last week. Um, the two young girls who had a codependent relationship and it was rumored um, to have taken a sexual turn. Um, so the sister's chosen lawyer pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Jurors took 40 minutes to determine that the Papin sisters were indeed guilty. Um, Leia thought that Leia was thought to be under the influence of her older sister and was given a 10-year sentence. Christine was initially sentenced to death by the guillotine. Her sentence was later changed to life imprisonment. So that wraps up the Papin sisters. What do you guys think about this case? Uh, eye for an eye? I think it's very fair, actually. I think, I think Do you think 10 years for Leia? Even though what she did. Yeah, I guess that's a little light. Um, and you have to keep in mind, this is like, so the crime itself was 19, 1933. So 
I don't know. I have a sister who's five years younger than me. And you can convince her to like do all that. Like, honestly, that's what I'm No, I think she'd be like, not doing that. Like, that's, I don't know. It's one thing to like have a, a positive influence over someone, but I think it's just hard um, to say you get life in jail and you get 10 years. Yeah. It's a very big discrepancy, especially if they're going under the notion that this was a shared psychosis. Right. Because in that case, because like the sentencing makes me think that they don't believe that that is the case. Like it sounds like to me what the authorities or what the court or whatever tried them believed was that one was the mastermind plan to kill these and one went along. Because I feel like if it was a shared psychosis, one, they would get similar sentences and two, um, there would just be like more. um not leniency because I don't think that's an excuse for hacking someone to pieces, but you know what I mean? It's just like, it seems like there would be, I don't know. There would meet in the middle somewhere. One wouldn't get like life and one wouldn't get 10 years. They would be like, like each of them get 40 years or something. But could you argue that at any sort of crime committed by more than one person, somebody is the instigator the alpha the you know whatever you want to call it. yeah i mean i would say that but to have such any, about any crime but definitely like this type of crime i would think so yes like where well i mean think about a basic petty crime like a theft if i'm like matt let's you know go rob the dollar store like and then you do it <laughs> interesting choice well i, I remember I remember i told you my little it's 72 bucks <laughs> But, like, if you do it and we both get in trouble, I'm, I don't know. I'm just. I, I do think in, in most crimes, the responsibility is not shared. I think, I think someone can, can be convinced to commit a crime. I think someone, in this case, could have a shared psychosis. I think they believe that they were being mistreated in this case. Um, and I, I'm sure there's something there. Um, but again, for such a brutal crime, I feel like the discrepancy is too big. Like I would have liked the one to see like 20 years in jail and the other one like 25 to life. Maybe that would have made more sense. Or like one has no ability of getting out and the other one where like, we'll see if taking you away from your sister changes things. I mean, they had a history of being weirdos just out the gate and and didn't they continue being weird in jail? Like, they, they were just, like, like they just were weirdos. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was the June and whatever the other one's name was. Jennifer, that case. Well, so they weren't allowed contact with each other, which I think was probably helpful. Yeah. At one point, they were allowed to have contact with each other. And Christine threw herself at Leia unbuttoned her blouse, begging her, please say yes, suggesting some sort of incest incestuous sexual relationship. It's like, oh, it's like, it feels like a fable. Like, it feels like we're talking about something that didn't actually happen when in fact it really did just because of how bonkers this is. Um, but again, for me, and I've talked about this before on our show, when you have such a brutal crime, like, this wasn't like they just stole a pistol and shot these two in the face or something. They, like, they gouged up their eyes, slashed their thighs, stabbed them to death, like, smashed stuff over their head. Like, that's another thing. So they tried to argue self-defense. As I pointed out, it technically started in that way because Leonie started attacking them. But, obviously... <laughs> She was not trying to gouge out their eyeballs. Yeah. So. There's like overkill, right? There's like rage that seemed to happen there where they were like, I don't know. I mean, but then again, in that case, like we could talk about fear. Like we talked about with the, um, oh my God, what's his name? We covered this case. The case where the old guy shot the teenagers who broke into his house a bunch of times and he like sat and waited. Fuck, what's his name? I'll find it. But we covered it. And that case was all about like self-defense too i remember the case lise his name was um <laughs> we're having a shared we're having a shared brain fart it was on the tip of my tongue i know i was just talking about it let it like 
But um, but with him, they like argued self-defense, obviously, and go listen to that case to see what happened. But with that case in this case, the only parallel I'm drive driving home is if they really did claim self-defense, fear is a hell of a drug, right? Like if they were afraid for their lives, that blackout for that second and just doing whatever in your power you can to stop the threat is kind of how I felt about that case about the castle doctrine. Fuck, what is his name is going to end me? But um, because like but that one was argued two hours of attacking. Yeah, yeah, and like, but that's also it too. Like, if they were having a shared psychosis, when you're in a psychotic state, you're not there, right? Like, could have been like a. I mean, I don't know. I have a lot of feelings, but like, I, I like I said, I I'm just playing devil's appetite with you, but but. Yeah. Like, I still believe a fairer sentence based on the crime, how long it took, all of that, I think it would have made more sense to kind of even kill their sentence, give the one 20 to 25 to life and the one like 20 even and be done and see right. what happens from there. But I don't know. Matt, what is your thought on sentencing? So Le Leia got 10 years. I, yeah, I... I want to say, like, I think they both should have got what Christine got, at least sentenced to a life imprisonment. But, like, I don't think necessarily death, because if there is some sort of psychosis that's in place here, you have to take that into account. Right. And I'm wondering if that's why they changed her sentence. Yeah. Christine was supposed, supposedly. Oh, saw that, they saw that oh, Rachel House interaction between the two of them and were like, what the fuck is really going on here? Um, right. But. I also, like, I definitely think Leia's sentence was a little light. But I also think, like, I weigh that as, like, she may have been the beta. I mean. She was definitely the beta. I think what would make the sentence, like, more fair in my mind is more time for Leia. But also, like, lifelong parole or life like, lifelong check-ins. Like, we need to make sure that she is able to function on her own. I wonder though too if if this was believed to be like a psychosis or shared psychosis I wonder if mental health like facilities were put on the table at all or if back then they were just like you're a fucking witch let's burn her at a stake type of thing like you know what I mean how they like that like every everything was like witchcraft and wizardry not like mental health or like just being a normal person uh, or quote-unquote normal person, no one's normal, but I wonder why, like, because maybe, like, Jules, what would have been a fair sentence is maybe give uh, Leia, like, a, a little bit of a harsher sentence, but then putting her in a facility or whatever, because if she's that easily manipulated into murder and, like, absolute torture and mayhem and reacts that way when she sees her sister, there's definitely something more going on in her brain. But, you know, it's also interesting with the shared psychosis idea, and again, hopefully there's an expert listening to us talk about this that can help you stand. Um, like we said, there it feels like there there has to be an alpha and a beta in that. So is it that the alpha has these delusions and, and like somehow it like uses osmosis to get to the other person? Or is it the alpha, they're just a little bit unhinged taking advantage of someone who has, a, you know, a weaker mental health or maybe not weaker, but, you know, whatever. Like, didn't you say they got their heads banged off of tables when they were little? Like, maybe some, some marbles were loose up there already. And then the older one took advantage, knowing that her sister was impressionable or would do anything. Which, like, you know, I wonder, like, how much of it is manipulation versus, like, legitimate psychosis? And which one? bears what were they both in some sort of psychotic state was one playing to that and really was cognizant and the other one was struggling and and took advantage like i'm just very curious it's just so these cases are so creepy to me no and i was just i was just scrolling back for um because i think honestly i think the erickson sisters is even crazier let's get into it because these these cases truly blow my mind 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think the Pappen sisters is wild. The Erickson sisters, even more wild, in my personal opinion. Plus, I agree. More recent. It was May of um, 2008. Wait, say that again. It's May? There's, yeah. there's truly something going on with the month of May. I will say that right now. Right because it's more recent, there is a YouTube video that I said I literally watched time and time again because I was like, this can't be real. Ursula and Sabina Erickson were Swedish twin sisters. So not only sisters again, but we're talking about twins this time. And so in May of 2008, the girls were traveling on a bus from Liverpool to London. The bus made a pit stop and the girls began, began acting so erratically that the driver did not allow them back on the bus. So they got off because, you know, the bus was taking a stop. Um, they were clinging to their bags, talking about multiple cell phones. Um, and the driver, as I mentioned, was like, you know, suspicious. He didn't like, you know, how the girls were acting. And he would not let them search their bags for any illegal, illegal items, which, like, I don't know if I want someone searching my bag either, but um, he didn't let them back on the bus. The manager of the rest stop that they were at noticed the girls' behavior as well and called the police. See something, say something, people. So the police arrive and they find that the girls seem harmless. They, you know, let them go about their business. The girls leave the service plaza on foot and begin to walk down the highway. So the highway, again, we are in the UK. It's the M6, which is a six-lane highway. So there's three lanes of traffic going one way and three lanes coming the other way. So the girls were attempting to cross the highway. And Sabina is struck by a car, which is an S-E-A-T Leon. Um, and I looked this up because I was trying to make it make sense. Um, it's similar to like a hatchback-style vehicle, like a Subaru Outback. It's kind of long and a small SUV. So she's hit by this as they're attempting to cross the highway. The motorway police are called to assist, and all of what happens is caught on tape. Um, and so I have that tape, and we're going to play um, the audio for you. Um, so the audio um, from the YouTube clip is a combination of live footage and a narration from the motorway police uh, who were at the scene. So obviously, we'll post the link for the YouTube video as well, because the accompanying visuals really help you conceptualize what's going on. Um, so we'll make sure we post that video, um, but the audio is like just as creepy. So I'm going to recap, you know, kind of what you saw happen in the YouTube video or what you heard. Um, the police arrive after Sabina is hit by that Subaru Outback type vehicle. Um, and the two women are off to the side of the highway on the shoulder. The police are assessing the situation, making sure no one's hurt. Um, all of a sudden, Ursula, so Ursula was not hit by the car. Sabina was. She breaks free of the police. So you can see this in the video. So make sure you watch it as well as the audio that you heard. Um, the officer tries to grab Ursula when he notices that she's going around because they're standing on the, the side of the highway. Can we just also talk that her name is Ursula? <laughs> I know. I love that. Um, such, it's a, yeah, such a Swedish name. Um, but so they're like standing there, you know, talking, assessing the situation and she just bolts. And so you see the officer try to grab her to be, you know, keep her safe. Um, and so the, the officer gets her jacket, um, which unfortunately comes off and she runs into the side of an oncoming vehicle, which is a Mercedes Aptros, which is like a small tractor trailer. And the vehicle was traveling at 56 miles per hour. Sabina then quickly followed her sister into the road and was hit head-on by a Volkswagen Polo, which is a sedan-type vehicle, um, which was said to be traveling at high speeds as well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back because this is so wild. I want to make sure. And when Joel says this is wild, like, it is truly the craziest yeah. clip this is, I've ever seen in my life. I wonder yeah. if we'd be allowed, like, can we post it? Was it on the news? Well, so the uh, motorway police, like, 
it was weird because it seems like they are doing like almost like an America's Most Wanted. Like they they <laughs> respond to they respond to the case, but then they do an episode about the case. Yeah. So uh, that's what the I'm uh, um, this YouTube video was insane. It's, Matt, we have to send it to you because you have literally it's like mind blowing. It is. I watched it a million times. Like there's three million whatever. This girl gets trucked by a fucking. Yeah. Right. So I saw. So I'm gonna read. Don't die. Yeah. Sabina is hit first by the Subaru Outback type vehicle. The police come. Then Ursula gets hit by a car. Um, which a small tractor trailer. Then Sabina goes back and gets hit by another car, both traveling at high speeds. They stuck so, at playing chicken. It's not over. It's not over. So the what? paramedics, both girls survived, and the paramedics rush to assess and treat them. Ursula is resisting medical aid by spitting, scratching, and screaming at the paramedics, saying, I recognize you. I know you're not real. I'm telling you, they probably thought they were possessed. Like, like genuinely, the first responders' reaction in the video is like it's sad because obviously at the time she's like seriously trying to help these girls, yeah, this but is she's like shit. these girls are absolute like they the the devil's got them. The devil's you could see the reaction on the one lady's face when the one springs up. I don't know if you've gotten to that. Yeah, right. So Sabina. So Ursula is resisting. She's conscious. Sabino is not unconscious by the hit. Um, and she came to and started shouting, they're going to steal your organs. Sabina gets to her feet, starts screaming for help and, um, and for the police. And they're like, you know, we are the police. We're right here. <laughs> and he hits one of the officers and runs out into traffic again. I'm picturing this like a terrible family guy skit where they're just like, girl, run. Matt, like, on, boom. I'm going to send you the video right now. It's like, oh, shit, my sister. Goes, boom. That's what I'm saying. It's unbelievable. Like, oh, I dropped my phone in the middle of the road. Hang on. So Sabina gets to her feet, starts screaming for help, hits an officer, runs again into traffic. Emergency workers and members of the public managed to catch her, restrain her, and carried her to an ambulance. In the audio from the video we played earlier, the woman states that it took six of them to get her back across the highway. She was kicking, screaming, and acting with incredible strength. The girls were taken to separate hospitals to be treated. Sabina was released from the hospital and put into police custody. She was charged for hitting the officer. I, this was just my note, but I wasn't sure why Ursula was not charged with, um, trespassing, um, because Sabina was, she was, she was charged for, um, hitting an officer and trespassing. Ursula was not, I don't know why. Maybe it's because she fucking has 18 lives and they were just so impressed with her that like, Great. this bitch like snapped both of her legs, sprung back to life and started trying to run back into traffic. At this point, I can't even... I can't even begin to understand the sentencing because I can't even begin to understand what happened. Dude. That's what I'm saying. The Pappen sisters is a wild story, but this is like tickles unbelievable. Well, I think between the two stories, this one feels way more like legitimate shared psychosis. Cause like it's not like they're harming other people, or at least not intentionally, they're harming themselves. They're both literally running into traffic but like on repeat it's like right like i could i could understand how someone is convinced or manipulated or you know agreeable to doing something to hurt someone else but like you said you're not going to convince me to run out into traffic because you want me to like it's just happen S something because you know how they say like when you're going through like stress or whatever the body can like overtake your mind and you can like pick up a car or whatever you could like you could like get shot and get up and like walk away or whatever like mary vincent like we talked about yeah. got both of our arms chopped off walked through climbed up a 30-foot cliff and walked three miles somehow when she should have been dead it's like these girls like had a death wish that just was not coming true they just right. like it's like they wanted to like die from being hit by a vehicle or whatever and just like it just was not working out so they just like it was like rewind go again rewind go and those those officers i don't know if you saw them but like they're just utter confusion and shock 
I did. The look on your faces is just one of pure, like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Yet? Well, like, confusion and shock is not over because there's more. Oh, man, no. So, uh, like I said, Sabina was released from the hospital and put into police custody. Ursula remained in the hospital. Her um, injuries were worse. Um, on May 19th of 2008, Sabina was released from court without a full psychiatric evaluation. She pled guilty to the charges of trespass on the motorway and hitting a police officer. The court sentenced Sabina to one day in custody since she had spent a full night in police custody. It was like your real sentence, though, is you have to go out and fetch a coin from somewhere in the middle of a major highway. Well, Caleb loves that. She goes out and she tries to find her sister because like i said this they were um taken to separate hospitals um it seems like because maybe because this is 2008 and not the early 1900s that like police and medical professionals and all those people knew like we need to get these girls separated so sabina leaves court and attempts to locate her sister she is spotted wandering around the streets of stroke on trent which I think is so funny and so like European and and like to be called. That's the name of the town. So she's seen wandering the streets um, by two local men, 54-year-old Glenn Hollinshead and his friend Peter Malloy. Sabina is acting very nervously um, and she asks the men for directions to a local bed and breakfast or a hotel, right? She's like, I'm going to look for my sister, but I obviously need somewhere to stay as well. Hollinshead took pity upon Sabina and offered to take her back to his house, which was nearby, which was the dumbest thing ever. Over dinner and drink, Sabina's strange behavior continued. She would constantly get up and look out the window. She would offer the men cigarettes, then quickly snatch them out of their mouths, claiming they may be poisoned. Malloy, who was the friend, uh, eventually heads home and Sabina stays the night um, with Glenn. The next day, Glenn called his brother regarding local hospitals trying to help Sabina locate her sister. During dinner that later that night, Glenn left to borrow something from a neighbor. Shortly after arriving back home, he stumbled back and back outside. So in my mind, the way I'm picturing this, he leaves to go get something from the neighbor. He comes back shortly after he's like back out the door, covered in blood and shouting, she stabbed me. Holland's head fell to the ground, dying from his injuries. Sabina is caught on CCTV, my favorite freaking thing ever, fleeing the house. She ran out with a hammer, periodically hitting herself over the head with it. Someone driving by saw this bizarre scene and decided to intervene. Again, not a great idea. You see something, you say something to the authorities. Don't get involved if you're going to get yourself hurt. So the motorist attempted to tackle Sabina and take a hold of the hammer. She screamed and took a roof tile out of her pocket which is a strange thing to keep in your pocket, and struck him on the back of the head. By this time, paramedics had found her, and Sabina ran. The chase ended when Sabina jumped from a 40-foot bridge onto the A50, which is another highway. She broke both ankles and fractured her skull in the fall. Sabina was taken to the hospital where she was arrested for the murder of Glenn Hollinson. On September 2nd, 2009, Sabina pled guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility, which I think is an interesting caveat. She had stabbed Glenn five times with that kitchen knife. At no point during her trial did Sabina explain her actions. She would only reply no comment to the questioning. Both the prosecution and the defense claimed that Sabina was insane at the time of the killing. The defense claimed that Sabina was a secondary sufferer of folly and due, and her twin sister was the primary sufferer um so my this is my side note i think what that means in plain terms is that sabina was more of the follower and ursula was more of the leader um if you remember from earlier on it was sabina who ran or excuse me sabina only ran into traffic after ursula did but it's very easy to say that when ursula is not around and sabina's on trial for murder so those are just my notes and thoughts on that the judge determined that Sabina had a low level of culpability for her actions because of her um, diminished responsibility, as we mentioned earlier, and she was sentenced to five years in prison. So, Ooh. well, we kind of, well, there's a couple sentencings to discuss in, with the Erickson sisters. Um, number one, 
Sabina's measly one day in, in custody, um, which was is laughable. But for that, she was charged with hitting an officer and trespassing on a motorway. Like I said, no mention was ever made of Ursula being charged with trespassing, even though obviously they both were trespassing on the motorway. So there's that, which is laughable. But then with the murder of Glenn, she's sentenced to five years in prison because she had a low level of culpability, is what the judge said. What do you guys think about that? Are they considering the fact that she ran into a fucking thoroughfare when you talk about low level of culpability, I guess? Like you're just saying like she clearly has some mental inhibition or lack thereof. Well, I think that what they're saying is Ursula is the alpha as we've been, as our terms that we've been using. Ursula was the alpha. Sabina is the beta. They're taking that a lot into consideration, though, to say like... I'll agree because in my mind, it's a totally separate offense. Ursula yeah. is not there, you know, encouraging her to kill Glenn. Oh. She did, you know, she did that on her own. I think that's ridiculous based on that. I mean, if that's what they're saying, like I'm saying, are they considering her like diminished mental capacity? Maybe, but even then, I still think that's a BS sentence, frankly. One day is garbage. I mean, that's not a real thing. Right. That one's not even worth discussing. And I'm, to be fair, I don't know what, um, what the, the actual punishment for trespassing on the motorway and hitting an officer. I mean, it, you know, she didn't, couldn't that be like obstruction as well, though? Because you're not only assaulting an officer and trying to kill yourself on the highway, but like you could have really hurt somebody in their cars, either them trying to dodge you or them hitting you and you ha causing a crash somehow. You think maybe I mean, it's interesting? The it's judge was like, normally this kind of just works itself out. Like, yeah. Typically, when people are dumb enough to run on the highway, we don't have a sentence for them. There's no one to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, discussing the one day in custody is kind of a joke. Um, but I think even if we say that she has a low level of culpability, five years, this is 2009 that she's sentenced. That's laughable as well. That's I think the sentencing is very confused for these cases. I think, like Matt said, though, they might just, like, they genuinely might not have legislation that makes sense for any of this. Yeah, I, don't, I, I really can't. I can't even defend it in any type of way. Like, they take diminished capacity into account when you're reviewing sentencing about, like, what was their mental state? Were they fully aware of what they were doing? That would kind of make sense. They're like, yo, you guys know this bitch ran out in traffic a couple of years ago. And then her sister did it, too. For them just to say, like, oh, yeah, I mean, she clearly was the beta in a case years ago doesn't make sense or how many years was it, jules it was only one year later. okay so it's a year later all right so they probably at least had that record to reference and say i don't know why i thought that was a couple of years later but incident on the highway and the murder of glenn took place in may it was in september that the trial and sentencing are of the following year so the two crimes trespassing and hitting the officer and then the murder of glenn took place within i would say days we don't have the date of the first it just um said may of 2008 but then well, i think that goes to show that giving them a one-day sentence in jail or whatever the hell well right then right. i specifically bolded that she was released from, from without a, a psychiatric evaluation it's 20 2008 there had you know there has to be Checks and balance. Sounds like their justice system just like dropped all sorts of balls. I don't know. What a crazy case, though, for real. That's the craziest yeah. thing what ever. What a case, yeah. And I think, like I said, because we have access to the footage, makes like it's hard to picture it all. And then you can picture it because you could see it with your own two eyes. It's crazy. It's like watching CCTV. I mean, you see them like run out into traffic and then it cuts to them being in the middle of the fucking highway laying down. It's like, oh. Well, and then it shows the paramedic people trying to keep them down and them springing back up, trying to run yeah. back into traffic. Yeah. It took six people to get one woman across, back across. And they're not like big women. It's not like, you know, they're like oh, yeah. normal sized people. That, I don't know. That is a, it, that, that's the kind of case that makes you believe some shit was wrong. But like, again, I don't, 
I I don't know what. I mean, yeah, probably the shared psychosis to the nth degree. Yeah. Body I do my too. Wild. Truly, truly wild. But I thought it was a wonderful episode, a crazy one. And we'll definitely post Yeah, episodes. I kinda like that I like this feel. Like let's take a couple cases and talk about an underlying theme that fits that. All right. You talk a about little that. bit different. Yeah. A little bit different, but I knew like I knew I wanted to cover the Papin sisters and the Erickson sisters. And then I thought there's all these like little pieces. Like I said, some of the ones from part one have more detail and we should definitely cover those in the future. But some of them just didn't and they were just like little blurps in like um meta yeah. journals. So I thought they were still like interesting to share and discuss. But um No, definitely these two. These okay. two are like great points of emphasis where it's like these yeah. have the notoriety. Some of the lesser known I get might not have as much detail but still that narrative exists that right and that's and i think you mentioned this in part one matt that you um there was like a tv show where you thought had a similar theme i think that this is something that media loves to like play on because it's so unbelievable and so creepy and i don't know i i mean i like that kind of stuff so i also recently watched a documentary about the DC snipers also kind of bringing back some of those same reminiscent, like what they, they both believed that they were like combatants. I believe was what it was living in America, but very interesting, very interesting concept to go deep dive into. Yeah. So share with us your thoughts and we will for sure post this YouTube video because you need to picture you need you need to see this with your own two eyes because it sounds like on a shop um it sounds like something that is totally make-believe i also think if you have that experience like jules you mentioned you and your sister are so close if you guys have a twin or if you have something like that where you have a connection to somebody that you're very close abnormally even if you feel that way reach out to us tell us about it like well, one of my friends is a triplet yeah wow see what like yeah i mean I can't say I've ever had anything creepy, you know, like that happen. But I know, especially with twins, people talk about like, not even creepy, but just like having like a shared sense, like being on the same wavelength. And obviously you see that in, the, you know, some of these cases, but they cross a line. And um, you guys just never really tried to traffic or were found naked in bed together with someone's eyes. Is what you're saying. I mean, I've never done it. Okay. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Well, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna ask your advice. I was gonna have a pretty wild weekend, but I guess I'll just, you know, do my usual. Do the usual. Well, thank you everybody for joining us on this case. Thank you, Jules, for bringing these cases to light and to life. They're absolutely wild, and I'm sure we'll cover some more down the road. Um, and yeah, this is just a wild fucking case to be and in. But. If you can dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. Dodge, dive, dip, duck. And if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And if you can open your ears, you can listen to our podcast. And on that note, (laughs) we love you all. Have a good evening. And we will be back with another Eye for an Eye episode soon. Rate, review, subscribe. Do your thing. Do our thing. Send bye neat neat. We have a doggy guest today, one of our pup squads. And our doggy. She doesn't. She looks like she's over our doggies. Yeah, I don't even know where Peanut went. She's just over me in general. Peanut's really over it. Yeah, you're right. I was not allowed in. <laughs> oh, Ranger Boo. All right. Well, we will see you on the next one. Cheerio, everyone. Ta-ta for now. Bye. Wait, Mel, did you get the video? Let me see. Please watch it. Like, while we're on this thing, I just want to get your reaction. But sorry, go on, Jules. Oh, man, hold on. Oh. Oh.
Hold on. Dave and I suck with Lack Club. I want to turn the volume up. No, listen to the volume because it has their eyes. You can listen to it. Talk about Batman. Harvey's officer came to speak to us and he started to inform us what actually gone on, where these actually come from. Why? We don't know. I just love the reaction of like the people trying to help him. <laughs> They're just like, what the fuck is happening? As she ran out, he tried to grab it instinctively. Luckily for him, um, a jacket came off, or else he potentially carriage away as well. She was obviously struck by the HGV. It's the first girl that ran out. Uh, the second one, for some reason, also decided she was going to run out into the track. What the fuck? Now she's like in the middle of the road. It's now a major incident. Uh, and we need backup. We need backup to us quick. We need more than backup, really. Backup quick. What they needed was a tranquilizer. Like, why didn't someone stun gun these girls to the floor and, like, knock their asses out? I guess, though, like, what happened was so unbelievable that, like, they probably didn't think they were going to spring up and run right back into traffic. Medicare could have guessed that this was how this was going to unfold. Well, you'd think that being hit by one car for the day would be enough. Like, no, no, no that one, that one, that hurt a little bit, but I'm all right. I'm going to go. You guys, you guys have seen Happy Gilmore, right? Yes. You know the scene where he's like in the batting cages and the guy's like, hey, mister, you got to wear a helmet. Don't worry about it. He just goes in, squares up to a nine-hour heater and takes it off the chest. He's like, oh, yeah, that hurt a little bit. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.